Today it's from Proverbs 3, verses 1 to 6. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, for he will make your path straight. Good morning, everyone. So already this morning we've talked about praising God and thanking him for everything that he does. Um, My talk this morning will go into something that is probably pretty important to be able to praise God in everything that we do. Um, I've got a few Bible verses so don't scramble to find them because we'll go through them quickly now and then. So, um, but we'll go through the Bible verses again after. Genesis chapter 7 verse 5. So Noah did everything as the Lord had commanded him. Daniel chapter 6 verse 23. The king was overjoyed, overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the lion's den. Not a scratch was found on him for he had trusted in his God. Psalm 56 verses 3 to 4. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Esther 4 verse 16. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Luke 1, um, verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. These Bible verses give a simple, small sample of many people throughout the Bible who trusted God completely. But I'll talk about them some more later. Trust me. But first, what does it mean to trust in someone or to be trusted by someone? I can look in the dictionary and it will tell me things like having confidence in someone or being able to rely on someone. This is good, but I don't feel it captures what trust really is. I think trust can come in different forms. There is easy trust, which might be knowing that when I get in my car, it's going to start. Or when I turn on the tap, I know I'll get water. Or when I go to the shops, I know generally I'll get what I need. Or there's blind trust. Like when you go to the doctor and trust that they're going to help me. Or when I buy a product and trust that what it says on the packet is what it's going to give me. Trust can come in the form of a promise. A promise to simply pick up some milk from the shops. A promise to keep a secret. A promise to take care of something precious. A promise to love someone for the rest of their lives. Then there's the innocent trust which I think is quite beautiful. This is the type of trust my kids have in me and my husband. 
They, tr- they trust that they are going to be looked after by us by giving them food, giving them warmth, love, kindness and special treats, a lot of special treats. But when it really comes down to it, trust is very hard. There is a boldness needed first to fully trust. I think we believe we trust but then there's a little tiny niggle in the back somewhere that questions. Will my, car, will my car start every time I get in? Will the doctor really be able to help me? Is the product really going to do what it says? And unfortunately, will I truly be loved for the person I am? Trusting is hard because we're a cynical bunch. We don't always mean to be, but we are. I don't know about you, but when I hear someone say, trust me, Oh, trust me, I know. It has the completely opposite effect. I don't know what it is, but it makes me feel uneasy and sceptical of whatever the person says from then on. Trusting is hard because we have trusted and the trust has been broken. We have told someone our deepest, darkest secrets and they haven't kept them. We trust our friends not to make fun of the things that make us vulnerable and then they do. We have trusted family to take care of us and they simply don't. Trusting is hard because people are involved and they will always let us down. Harsh, I know, but it's the cynical part again. But if someone has let us down, we can be pretty sure that we have let someone down also. Remember I told you you to trust me because I was going to talk about the people in the Bible verses. Well, I'm coming through with that promise. Noah, Daniel... David, Esther, Mary and Paul. People in the Bible you have most, most likely heard of. Regular, nothing particularly special, everyday sorts of people. People just going about their business until God stepped in. I'll read again. Genesis 7.5 So Noah did everything as the Lord had commanded him. Noah was asked by God what would seem to be to the general population an absolutely absurd absurd request to build an ark on land there's no water anywhere he's told there's going to be a flood however not a cloud in sight right beautiful day the ark is humongous he's given exact instructions on how to build it and told to take heaps of animals and his family on board and leave the rest of humanity to die on land Noah does everything God tells him to do. No questions asked. Again, Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Daniel 6:23. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found in him, for he had trusted in God. Daniel loved God more than anything. He was also smart, trustworthy, faithful and a very obedient employee of the king. However, being those things made him a target for other employees in the kingdom. They didn't want a goody-two-shoes showing them up, so they were going to do something about it. They convinced the king to agree that for 30 days, no one was allowed to worship any other person or divine entity except the king. If anyone was caught, it was straight to the lion's den for them. Daniel, being the person he was, kept praying and worshipping God. Long story short, he was caught and thrown to the lion's. But Daniel survived without a scratch. Why? Because as we read, he had trusted in his God. Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. 
I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? David lived a very exciting life, to say the least. From humble beginnings as a shepherd boy, to slaying a giant, to eventually becoming king, one of which would be the benchmark to all others from then on. As exciting as his life was, he was not free from drama. On the run from a delusional king, fighter of many wars, caught up in the power of being king and so committing adultery and murder. David had many opportunities to blame God, turn his back on God, ask God why or just completely give up. He may have done these things, who knows, he wasn't perfect. But as in many times through the Psalms he says, I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? Esther 4:16. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Esther was just another ordinary person living, living her life as were the people spoken so far. But again, as before, her life was to change considerably. Minding her own business one day, Queen of Persia the next. Again, similar to Daniel's story, there was jealousy. A fellow by the name of Haman, who was the Prime Minister of Persia, felt he was a little more powerful than he actually was. Esther had an uncle named Mordecai, who was disliked by Haman because he would not bow down to him. Haman was also not a fan of Jews. The Jews had been exiled to Persia from Israel some time before and both Mordecai and Esther were Jews, now living in a foreign land. This wasn't ideal for them, but they made do. Mordecai wouldn't bow down and a Jew. Perfect opportunity for Haman. Interestingly, the king was unaware that Esther was a Jew. He was just happy he had a new wife. I think he had some issues with being alone. Ultimately, Haman cunningly persuaded the king to make a law, a despicable and horrendous law, to kill all Jews. Esther was in a position to help and Mordecai encouraged her to do so. Eventually she met with the king. However, this was extremely dangerous as no one went to the king without his call. Esther went to him knowing that she could be killed. Because of her bravery and boldness, Haman's plan was made apparent. The law could not be changed, but the Jews Jews were made aware of what was to come and so fought back with passion. Esther's trust and boldness was shown when she said, I will go to the king even though it's against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Luke 1.38 Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You've heard it called the greatest story ever told, the reason for the season, Christmas, or to me, the most amazing thing that has ever happened to us in the whole wide world. But let's talk about Mary, Jesus' mum. Engaged to the love of her life, planning the biggest and most romantic day of her life, crossing I's and dotting T's, generally, generally feeling nervous about the big day, I assume. God had other plans though. Plans that would not only change Mary's life, but the lives of every person then and now. An angel appears and tells her that she will become pregnant and follows on with some light information. 
Like, you have found favour with God. Who is she to find favour? You will conceive and give birth to a son. She was a virgin. He will be great and be called the Son of Most High. But how? How is this happening to her? His kingdom will nev- never end. This is crazy talk. What kingdom? I'm not even a queen. Yet in all of this wildness, she says, I am the Lord's servant. <clears throat> Philippians 4, 6-7 Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. Where do you start with Paul? A man who was fiercely against anyone who believed in the Messiah. So fierce was his anger that anyone who dared speak of such things was put to death. Then miraculously, or maybe just because God planned it, a casual stroll down the road to Damascus changed his life in ways he never imagined. This casual stroll, in Paul's mind, was one of sheer determination and hatred to gather as many believers as possible and bring them back to Jerusalem in chains to be killed. He was on a mission and nothing was going to stop him. Well, nothing but God perhaps. Paul's life from then on was simply totally different. God changed him that very day and made him see that his hatred had to stop. He now loved God with everything he had and was determined to let every single person in the world know. He was determined to tell the good news to those who would listen and was more than happy to tell those who wouldn't want to listen either. He was fearless. Paul's life was 100% God's and that was that. His trust was certain. As he said, don't worry about anything. These everyday people whose lives were changed because of the mightiness of their God all had one thing in common. I'm not sure if I've made it clear yet. They all trusted God with everything they had. They trusted him with their hearts, their souls and their lives. When God called, they listened and did what was asked of them. How did they do that? How is it possible to drop absolutely everything and trust fully in what God says and wants of us? What if I totally trusted God? What if, instead of trying to sort things out myself or control things myself, I trusted that God would do the sorting? To be perfectly honest, I don't trust God fully. How can I? There are situations that I need to figure out myself. Like when I lie in bed at night and worry about whether someone is going to pay an invoice for our business so that we can pay the bills. Or when I worry that I I might not have a job next year because the funding doesn't come through for the schools I'm at. How can I be sure that my kids will be okay or that my husband will continue to get work or that we will have enough money or enough food or I could go on. But the question is, how can I do anything without trusting him? If I look back, I can see a million times when God was there helping me. He has led me, has brought me through to the other side. For all those times though, I still get stuck trying to do it myself and not trusting that God will. The silly thing is, I know that God is trustworthy and I know he will do what he needs to do for me. I love having a God to call on for anything, yet I continue to forget that. 
I guess the problem with trusting is that it means everything will be fine. It doesn't mean everything will be fine. Paul was in prison, beaten, persecuted and eventually killed. A reasonably full-on life to say the least and most likely not what he had prayed for. But he never stopped praying or finding something to be thankful for. And he said, Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Jesus also prayed constantly, asking and thanking God. In Matthew 26:39, it says, He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus asked if it were possible not to go through with what he was about to endure, not to be crucified, not to have to go through excruciating pain. But he trusted God, knowing his pain would be for the ultimate good. God's plan was what Jesus trusted. Just like each of these people, God has a plan for each of us too, and it is bigger than we will ever know. The problem with this plan and trusting God now in our everyday lives is that we may not see what God has in mind till we get to heaven. That's possibly a long time to wait and trust. I have no doubt there are people here who live with real fears or in fear. All I can say is that God is with you in these, in these times and he wants your whole heart so he can give you peace. As difficult as we may think it is to trust him, God so wants us to trust him. Again, Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. It doesn't say trust God with just some of your heart or trust him only in the times when it's easy. It says trust with your whole heart. Trust him to give you peace. We can't give ourselves peace. We weren't made to. We were made to let God. Easy? No. But what are the alternatives? Spend each day worrying about what might happen, about the things that are out of our control. Continue to be scared of what might happen. If I'm being honest again, I don't enjoy worrying. I don't enjoy being scared of what might happen. I want to enjoy what God has for me, which is peace. Not necessarily peace in my daily life, but peace in my heart because I truly trust that he will take care of me. I described earlier the types of trust I thought that there were. Easy, blind, innocent and a promise. But what I have found is that with God there is no rainbow of different trusts. It's quite straightforward to God. You either trust him with all your heart or you don't. There's no in between. So when God says, trust me, I know. Trust him because he knows. Thank you, Rachel. She may be at that moment. Let's just bow before the Lord and just ask... God, what is it that you want us to see and hear and understand from these words? Just spend a moment before the Lord in prayer. As I just read these words again, let's bow our heads before the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Thank you, gracious Lord, again, that you are the one who makes the ways straight for those who ask. And thank you for the word that Rachel's brought us again. Just to remind us, Lord, that 
Trust is something that is an exercise in faith. The more times we are confronted with situations beyond our control, the more our faith will grow. And even as all these people have gone before us, and Lord, they're all right now, have received the homecoming, they knew what was in store for them, Lord. They knew there was greater things to come. So we're trusting you in this world and we're trusting you in the next to see us safely home. In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen.